Hey, welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and to trust Him more. To keep up with us or to get more information, visit celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, this is week two of Calling Shotgun. And if you remember as, uh, as a kid, you know that you were so excited when you were finally old enough, big enough to be able to ride in the front seat and uh, be able to do that. Our rule is, uh, you know, you, you've got to at least, you know, make it where the airbag um, little sign comes on. So you can, you know, if you, the airbag won't deploy, you got to get in the back seat. So, uh, and, uh, but you, you know, you finally hit that place where you get to call shotgun and get to be a part of the front seat um, experience, okay? Now, growing up as a kid, you know, we, we sometimes we didn't even have a seat experience, you know? You, you know, does anybody remember going on trips and laying up in the, like, the parcel shelf in the back window, you know? Just laying there, you know, and you, you just wave at the police officer as you go by because he didn't care. It's not against the rules, you know? You know, I remember as a kid, we'd go on these vacations and stuff, and, and uh, you know, one of us, there was, I was one of three kids, and so one would be up at sleep in the partial shelf, one in the seat, and one had to do sleep over the hump, you know, the transmission hump down in the floorboard. And uh, that was just the way you traveled, you know, and um, praise God, we survived. It wasn't wise, but we survived. Let's not do that, people. Seat belts are good. We praise God for seat, car seats and seat belts. And, um, but you know, when you get to get that front seat experience, um, you know that you, you, it's exciting. But there's a place that as soon as you get the front seat experience, you initially you start want to get the driver's seat experience. You want to be the one in control, the one doing hitting the destination, deciding exactly how fast we're going to go and which direction we're going to go in. And there's a place where that can translate into our spiritual life. It can begin to be the dominant thing that we want to be in the driver's seat. In fact, a lot of our prayer life can be reflected of that space that we go, God, I've got my map, I've got my plan, I've got my destination, and I want you to slap your blessing on it. I know where I'm going and I know how I want to get there. And Lord, please bless that what I have decided. And you know, that's a wonderful, good place to start. Maybe you're new to this thing of letting Jesus genuinely be in the driver's seat and just letting him have a voice is, is a step forward. And I don't, I don't come against that at all. But what we're looking at in this series is actually deciding to choose shotgun, to choose to be in the spot where we let Jesus, where we let God actually drive in our life, let, live, a, live a spirit-led life. That is what we want. And I get it. It's not easy. I get it. It's counterintuitive for us. And that's why we're learning how to do it. That's why we're going to dive into this space. So if you've got your bulletin, you've got your Bible app, however it is you're going to track with us, that we've been looking at this idea that letting Jesus drive and letting him be Lord is the most liberating thing that we can do. It actually is counterintuitive. We, we think we're losing control when actually we're getting to step into the fullness of life that God had for us all along. And, but this thing, is it's not a little quick moment. 
okay? This isn't like calling shotgun on a little trip to the local convenience store, okay? Like he's just gonna drive for just a few blocks and I can give him that. No, this is, a, this is like a good old Texas road trip, okay? Like you decide to go anywhere in Texas from San Angelo and you're gonna be going for a while, okay? Like you just decide we're gonna go to any border we can get to. It's gonna take you a minute. And so from San Angelo, Texas, it's gonna take you a little, a little bit to be able to get out of the state of Texas. And, and our, this life of calling shotgun, we need to have that in mind, that this isn't just a little quick moment. I'm gonna let Jesus lead and drive, and then I'll learn how to do it. No, he's the only one that can do it. We have to have that in mind that this is gonna be a while. This is gonna be the rest of our lives. And so I remember the excitement that I had when my parents let us know that we were going to take a trip to Disney World in Florida in the early 80s, okay? I was 10 years old or, or nine years old. It was, it was uh, 81, 82, and, and um, I was so, so, so excited about being able to do that. You know, you, you get the, the vacation adrenaline, you know, where you cannot go to sleep at night. You know, you know you're getting up early in the morning. My dad was old school, you know, you had to get on the road when it was still dark. And so we wander out there to the car and it feels like the middle of the night and go out there with our pillows and stuff. And we know we need to get to sleep, but you just can't go to sleep. You're just too juiced. You're just so excited because you're going on vacation and it's just so exciting and then we finally came and we got in the car and we started out on our trip from Odessa, Texas to Florida back when the speed limit was 55 miles an hour and Eddie Clark likes the speed limit he likes it and so we begin to make this journey. And of course, you know, being an elementary age kid, the, the age old question soon began to just, I could not contain it. And, then, and I knew we weren't in Disney. I didn't see Mickey or Goofy anywhere. I knew we weren't there. But you still just had to ask the question, are we there yet? Are we there? Are, are, we, are we close? And then my dad, as he began to get frustrated, said, Brandon, we're not even remotely close. And then we'd been driving for a long time. And I was like, okay, okay, what state are we in? Uh, we're in Texas. Oh my goodness, we're still in Texas. Oh, you know, and then we've been driving, you know, like eight hours. And like, okay, okay, what state are we in? We're still in Texas. We're still in Texas from Odessa, Texas to Beaumont as you're gonna grab, uh, grab I-10 and just go that direction. It's like 680 miles, 680 miles to be able to get that. If the, on the interstate was 65 miles an hour back then and my dad did not take long pit stops, I mean, that's still 10, 10 and a half hours of nothing but Texas. And I did not want to be in Texas. Mickey Mouse is not a Texan. We forgive him, but he's not a Texan. And we wanted to get out of Texas. But then something miraculous happened. 
all of a sudden, as soon as you leave Texas, it's like you hit a time warp. And it's like Louisiana, Mississippi, this little flash of Alabama. And then you're in Pensacola, Florida. In fact, you go from Beaumont to Pensacola, Florida in 440 miles. You're in Texas forever. And then you're just changing states, man. It's just like bam, bam, bam. And all of a sudden you begin to hit some progress and things begin to domino. And the truth is, is that our life in Christ, it looks a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot like that a lot of the time. We feel like we're not making any energy because it's, and haven't hit some new ground. I haven't hit some new ground. But I'm here to tell you that just being faithful one more day is new ground. Amen. Just being faithful. Just keeping saying yes to Jesus is new ground. Letting him be in the driver's seat one more day is new ground. And he has promised to carry us forward in this space. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3, 17. It says, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. When we call shotgun, we let him be Lord in the driver's seat. We now enter into the phase freedom of real genuine spiritual freedom what we're called to live in and then we all with unveiled faces remember last week we talked about we're not going to have anything holding us back not having anything that's going to protect us not having anything that's going to hide us or conceal us we're not holding anything back We, we think about we contemplate the Lord's glory and we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, as we're letting him be in the driver's seat, we have to have a clear picture of what this is going to look like. We have to have a clear picture of what it's going to look like because we can really easily kind of get things out of order and we can kind of deceive ourselves and feel like we're doing this right when when we don't have the right framework and the right way we're going to hit this because the big question is is Jesus a part of my life or is my life a part of Jesus because we can easily decide to say yeah I've got my work life I've got my family life. I've got all of these different aspects. And then I've got my Jesus life. I've got, I've got my church life. And that's a part of my life. And here's the great thing. Is Jesus will come in and he'll, give, he'll take whatever space we give him. But until we give him the fullness of us, we will never see the fullness of him in our lives. And so the best way to think about it is, is, is like trying to do a, a puzzle, okay? So we take a the puzzle, and the first thing you do, you get the puzzle, and, you know, years ago when Cutie and I, we couldn't afford to, like, like leave town, you know? We have a kajillion children, so, you know, our hearts were full and our bank account was zero, you know? And so it was just, we weren't able to go anywhere, and so a lot of our hangout time and just was just doing things like putting together puzzles. So we'd just get a puzzle, and we would just sit there and visit and... and put together a puzzle and but when you get a puzzle the first thing you do 
um, is you go and, and you clear off a place on the table. You, you find some place to do the puzzle. Because if you just try to just do it in the, the air, that's, that, 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 we know that's not going to work. Um, tried as a kid to do it on the carpet, you know, and lay on the ground, and, and that, that didn't work very well, you know, I learned that lesson as a kid. No, you need something solid. You need something solid to begin to do this. And, and then you pour the puzzle out, and you have it on the, on the solid thing, and, you know, and then the worst thing is, is if one of those pieces falls off of the table, Okay, because then maybe the dog gets it and chews it up, or or, or maybe you don't know it's there, and then, and then when it's all said and done, you, you're you've got the puzzle almost completed, and you're just so frustrated because you're missing a piece, and and you really you want all of the pieces on the table, and then you begin to 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 glance at the box, you know, you got to look at the box to know where you're going and how this is ultimately going to end up looking, and then you start putting the pieces together, you know, and you start with the framework. We all started with edges because that's easy, you know. You find those four corners. Corners, there's only four of them, you know, start putting those in, putting those in, and then you start filling in the middle pieces, and every piece that clicks together starts to make the ultimate image come together. And yeah, there's a lot of pieces that aren't quite right, that aren't quite where they need to be. But there's one place we always wanted all of the pieces, even the pieces that weren't put in yet. Pieces we had no idea how they fit. We wanted them in one location and that was on the tabletop. We wanted them accessible. See the problem is is we can begin to try to figure out and look and grab that puzzle piece and think you know here's my Jesus piece where does this go? And we can go oh okay well no you, Jesus has got to be that, that, that corner. He's the one that's going to tell you how everything comes together. Oh, no, no, Jesus, he, he's going to be that piece right in the middle that finally makes the picture finished and, and actually fit. And I'm here to tell you, in your life, Jesus isn't any of the pieces. He has to be the table. He has to be the table. Your life comes together. Your boundaries are found inside of his boundaries. Your pieces come together inside of him. And even the pieces that aren't quite right yet, you want in him. Because only when they're in him are they accessible and available to eventually come into place. This is the messy part of Christianity, where we hold up the image that we're moving towards Jesus, and then we look at the table, and we look at that thing, and we're like, yes, we're, we're moving towards this final image of what he created us to be, and we're not there yet. We're not there yet. But as long as all the pieces stay accessible and stay on the table, Man, we're, the process is on the right track. That is how we've got to have this go. See, Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Your bodies, your whole self as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. You come to this deal, we say we have two worship services, a 930 and 11, okay? Yes, worship happens in here, okay? But what we're really doing is we're really getting refocused, reset, and, and equipped 
because our real spiritual act of worship happens the rest of the week. And we're getting, we're getting equipped to be able to offer the fullness of our lives, our whole lives, our walking around, getting ready, uh, talents, abilities, struggles, and weaknesses, our whole lives offering ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. That is your spiritual act of worship. You are being equipped and encouraged in here not to have worship here, but to live worship there. That is what this is about. That is your spiritual act of worship, is to offer your, the fullness of who you are as a living sacrifice. And recognizing we're not supposed to conform to the patterns of this world. The world says your pieces need to go in a certain order. The world says just dump it out and it doesn't matter that it's broken. It doesn't matter that it's incomplete. Don't worry about it. You're fine. And something in you says, yeah, that takes a lot less energy. Yeah, that, 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 there's, there's some places that that's, that's less struggle. But when I look, that's still broken. It's broken. And just calling broken okay doesn't make it okay. God wants to bring these pieces together. And then you're going to be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Every time we let him put another piece together for us, we begin to see his thought patterns. We begin to see his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for our lives. See, our journey, what we're calling shotgun, it's, it's not a journey that's on the outside. This is a journey that's on the inside. It's a journey of transformation. And we're transformed as God's qualities, as who he is begins to grow in our lives. And the big are we there yet question, it needs to be in the framework of Galatians chapter five, verse 22. You know, as the fruit of the spirit, this is where he's taking us. This is what he's growing in us. This is what he's transforming us into. But the fruit of the spirit, the spirit, the fruit grows, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. We don't have to throttle back joy. We don't have to throttle back peace in our lives. We don't have to, to, to have gentleness be kind of on a chokehold. Like, oh, no, that's too, it's too much gentleness. It's too much kindness. Dial it back, dial it back. No, we can just let these things go. Our world needs more of these. There is no law against any of these. And those who belong to Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires. Why? Because there are things on the inside of us that will carry us away from these things. We have desires that don't line up with God's best for us and ultimately our society. And we have to crucify them. We have to say, no, I'm not going to say yes to that. You're like, well, that desire just kind of welled up out of me. I didn't cultivate it. It was just naturally there. Yes. 
It comes out of our broken, sinful self. That doesn't mean it's okay. That desire that just kind of, just kind of always been there, that, that, that leaning and that tendency that's just kind of always been there, if it doesn't line up with God's plan for you, it is something that needs to be put aside. That God wants to grow up something new and fresh in your life. And so since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. And let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. John 15, 3 says, you are already clean. I love that he reminds us we're already been made, we've already been made clean. Why? Because of the word that I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. See this thing of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Self-control, these are things that God is wanting to grow in our lives. And these are, honestly, these are the desires of our heart. We want these things. You want more peace in your life. You want more love in your life. You want more joy in your life. In fact, a lot of your dreams and aspirations, your goals are all in the back of your mind that if those things are achieved, you're going to have more of this. You're going to have more peace. You're going to have more gentleness in your life. The struggle isn't going to be what it is right now. There's going to be more of these aspects in your life. But the only way we're going to get there is not by driving ourselves in that direction, but letting the Spirit lead us and do His work in our lives. Romans chapter 7 verse 4 says, So my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. Paul keeps coming back to this aspect that fruit needs to happen. Jesus taught his disciples, apart from me you can do nothing. We're designed to bear fruit. This is what God wants. His qualities, his virtues to be transformed in our lives. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 1 it says no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. If he's promised, if Jesus promised that if we'll remain in him and him in us, we'll bear fruit, it'll happen. It'll happen. It may feel like you're still in Texas, but that's where we hang on to the promise that we will bear fruit. It may feel like this trip has taken a little longer than I thought it was going to take, but if he promised we will bear fruit, the promises are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken. And it's spoken by us to the glory of God. You and I, we have to say amen, which is, means so be it. It's not just how you sign off of a prayer. It's not a spiritual goodbye, God. 
When we say amen, no, it means so be it. It's meant, no, this is my heart's desire. I, I'm, I'm in full agreement with this. So we have to say yes to the fact that God wants to grow these fruit in our, this fruit in our lives. And now it's God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. He is faithful to bring the fruit up in our lives. But he has to be the one doing it. We have to call Shaga and we have to let him drive. And these fruits or these virtues, they're the signposts that God is working in us. I'm so thankful for mile markers. I'm so thankful that as you're going on a journey, you know, maybe it tells you, you know, that the Texas border is 622 miles away, you know, but as you are going down there and all of a sudden you see that it's only 421 miles away, you're like, yes, we're finally getting the signposts are showing us we're actually going in the right direction. God's at work in our lives. See, at Celebration Church, we decided a long time ago that we were going to adopt the truth that is God's grace, according to his word, that teaches us to say no to ungodliness, to the things that don't light up with who he is. It's God's grace that works in us, that the fruit of the spirit will begin to grow in us and begin to, to work things out. And we're gonna let God begin to do that. We don't have to go in and try to remove all of the broken things out of us. We let him heal them and restore. And then all of a sudden, that begins to push out those other things. Whenever I was, uh, uh, before I started into ministry, almost 30 years ago, um, I worked for uh, Olive's Nursery here and, and um, as a landscaper's helper is what I was. I wasn't even a landscaper, I was a landscaper's helper. And, um, and so, but Tommy has full of, of wisdom and understanding and so uh, he said, you know, that um, when you've got a lawn, especially um, um, here in San Angelo, said so many times you can go in and look at a lawn and, and you just want to focus on all the weeds, all the weeds, all the weeds. And he said, but here's the truth. He said, in healthy soil, in healthy soil, he said, weeds cannot compete with grass in healthy soil. Can't compete. It'll choke it out. You, you just give Bermuda grass what it needs to grow and it'll take care of the weeds. It'll choke it out. You ever get Bermuda grass in your flower beds? Ah! And just make you want to scream. It's like you can never get rid of that stuff. Well, a few years later, Cutie and I, we bought, a, we bought a repoed house that was just a mess. And so we had to redo everything. And um, the, the front yard was dirt. I mean, it wasn't even like weeds and dirt. It was just dirt. And so, and then, of course, the spring rains come, and every little seed that has blown around begins to shoot up. And then our front yard is just full of weeds and just looks terrible, you know? And so, but guess what? You know, mowed weeds, they don't look half bad from a distance, you know? <laughs> you know? So, you know, so you, you, mow the, you mow the weeds, and you run your edger, and you squint real good, and you're like, ah, it'll, it'll pass for the day. And so, um, so then I told, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm, I want to do what Tommy said, you know, um, because everything within me wanted to just go out there and just start yanking all those weeds, yanking all those weeds. But you know what happened if I yanked all the weeds? I wouldn't have a lawn. There wouldn't all of a sudden be grass there. 
I just have dirt. Getting rid of the weeds didn't all of a sudden produce the fruit I wanted. It just all of a sudden just removed the stuff I didn't want. You know that religion without Jesus can maybe begin to reduce some, some bad moral decisions, but it doesn't automatically infuse life. It all we need life to come in. So then I began to like we began to just pour the water to that weed patch that dirt, begin to fertilize and water and fertilize and water and mow and mow and fertilize and water. Do you know in two growing seasons I had this lush lawn? You could have lost a chihuahua in it. It was just like like you bring a small dog, just forget it. You ain't getting that dog back. And so because we would cut it high to preserve the moisture, and then it was just dense. Why? Because there were some previous existing, you couldn't see it, Bermuda roots that were dormant. And all of a sudden, we began to pour the necessary stuff on it, and it began to come up. And then I began to watch. I began to excite it. I'd see a little patch of weeds over my grass, and I'd see this one little Bermuda vine kind of going over there, and I was like, man it's gonna choke it out it's gonna get it and sure enough man I'd pour what needed to it and it would go in and it would spread and over two growing seasons it didn't happen in a month it didn't happen but as I began to give it what it needed it choked out the rest we need to focus on life so many times we can focus on trying to pull weeds in our life we can try to pull weeds in our neighbor's yard say your weeds are messing bringing mine no you mow your grass and your neighbor's weeds ain't gonna bother you you put you in what you need to you give your your lawn what it needs to grow and you can have weeds all around you and i'm telling you yours will still stay what it needs to be we can rail against society and say it's so hard to live the christian life no you what you need to do is you need to pour it right here you need to keep it fertilized here you need to keep the water going here because we have a promise that if we stay connected with the vine it doesn't matter what culture we're in what other things around us what other influences the fruit will grow in our lives it will change everything in our lives john 15 8 says this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourself to be my disciples Matthew 7, 20 says, thus by their fruit, you will recognize them. John 13, 34 says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And then Jesus taught us to pray this way. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How does heaven invade earth? Heaven invades earth when you let heaven invade you. When you let heaven invade you, then all of a sudden the fruit will begin to come and it begins to invade earth. Why? Because now, all of a sudden, there are people on the earth that get to experience patience they don't deserve. Love, they don't deserve. Gentleness, they don't deserve. Kindness, they don't deserve. All of the fruit of the spirit that are growing out of you begins to invade earth because now, instead of the moment's attention, when a fleshly response, a carnal earthly response would normally come out, now heaven invades that space because the fruit of the spirit 
is grown in your life. And now all of a sudden it begins to change the direction of things. Our bottom line is that heaven comes to earth. We will let him grow in us. Thank you for listening to this message from Celebration Church. You can keep up with all that God is doing here at Celebration by following us on Facebook and Instagram.